What's up? Welcome back to Guitar Blah Blah. So if you caught yesterday's episode, then you know what's coming up today. It's part two of my interview with Yuha Rukangas from Rukangas Guitars. Today, in this part of the interview, we're kind of focusing in on the experimentation and the kind of creativity you get to exercise as a guitar builder and kind of as a point of focus as an example from which we kind of draw out different ideas about that um i say we but really it's you he goes on kind of a deep dive into um a specific creation from rukanga's guitar is called the valve bucker the valve bucker pickup and we kind of get the full story of what the thought process was behind that the development process was behind that and from hearing about that, we kind of get to see quite a big insight into the role of smaller builders today. Why look to a smaller guitar builder, a luthier? What do they offer when we've got all of these bigger guitar companies out there? What do they offer to artists? What do they offer on the creative front to musicians? And how does that all tie in? And kind of taking as our case study in that the Valbucker and getting to learn quite a lot about that as well and what really went on there maybe some misconceptions that were had about it when it was kind of launched because it did get quite a lot of traction um kind of online in guitar communities and stuff so anyway loads of interesting stuff there interesting insights from you are and in tomorrow when part three we kind of go on further build on these and get to know a little bit more about what it's like to be a guitar builder today and and what that kind of teaches us about the music industry and that stuff as well so anyway without further blabbing on for me here's part two of my interview with yuha rukangas i did want to ask you like speaking of the guitar industry and you know gibson does have that extra thing to to fight against with um you know the conservatism they face i remember that at the time at the bankruptcy everyone said oh just make the standard just make it you know we don't want chambering we don't want dip switches we don't want all robot tuners yeah did you get a bit of a taste of that with the valve bucker because i remember when when you released the valve bucker so if people don't know listening the valve bucker is a, a valve driven guitar pickup electric guitar pickup um and i remember when you released that you know there was a lot of attention on it it got kind of picked up by you know big channels that don't necessarily usually talk about yeah. uh guitar builders smaller builders because it was a really interesting new yeah. thing it was it was very eye-catching um and, and it got a lot of people talking in some of the reactions to that did you kind of learn a little bit about the character of the wider guitar industry yeah absolutely i mean uh th there is just you know the resistance to change is just <laughs> it's 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 mind-boggling how <laughs> how people resist to something that mm -hmm. is different and so definitely it's uh, the valbucker is it's it's really something that for for most players it's extremely difficult to kind of orientate yourself with it. Right. You know, what is it? Because it appears to be um, a, a type of pickup that, that transforms the instrument into something that is not quite anything 
that existed before. Right. So you could talk about when, when and so like when we have when we put the the very first the Valbucker prototypes we put them into into um, into a unicorn model of mine and which is our mm-hmm. um, guitar inspired by Les Paul. Mm-hmm. Then we have an, another guitar called the Mojo, which is a guitar inspired by Telecaster. So it's for players who are uh, accustomed to that these types of instruments and 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 what, what one would feel familiar with them. So obviously, when when you put a thing like the Valbucker into a guitar that sort of gives you the impression that this is something like a Telecaster. And okay, you pick, yeah. You, and you pick that guitar up and you start playing and and all of a sudden it's nothing like Telecaster. <laughs> and and so what is it? So you start kind of looking for, is it is it it's like a Strat? Is it like a Les Paul? Is it like, like what, what, what is this thing? And And it doesn't fit into any of those boxes. It's just, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So... So that, I think, for, I would even dare to say majority of players, yeah, majority of players, may they become quite confused. And, mm. and, and quite quickly they put the guitar down. Mm. Because it's just, if you think of, I can relate to that myself also. The the music I play and the type of sounds I'm looking for from a guitar. Mm -hmm. Uh, At this age, I I have to admit it. I mean, I I can't get over it that when I'm playing guitar and I have a band and we're we're playing, we're playing mostly covers and when when we're playing our original stuff, Mm -hmm. it also sounds like the covers. (laughs) 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 It's it's kind of... (laughs) It's quite much looking into the rearview mirror, to the nostalgia of it. It, it is right. like okay. that for me. I'm not, as a guitar player, the the pioneer of inventing new music. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So, so when I'm picking guitar, and it doesn't bring me those familiar sounds, it makes mm-hmm. me like, uh, what? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. I don't want this. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and then, and then. The the way I figured it out is that that the m- most players don't actually they don't want anything new, and they don't even want to want anything new. Mm. They're kind of against of wanting anything new. They they want they want new stuff, but they want it to be the old stuff, just packaged into a new something. Uh, maybe another brand or another color or another this or another that, but they just want the same old, same old um, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. A- and and this is also something that is kind of telling about if, if you look at the guitar gear industry, that um, a lot of the innovation with with sounds and those, the, the, all that 
all those tones with amplifiers and stuff that um, that that has formed and sculpted our the the way we see the rock music and the, and the whole kind of pop culture, the rock music culture. Mm-hmm. Um, all these sounds and all these amplifiers, and they 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 were there since the late forties early 50s mm-hmm. maybe towards 60s you go to with the with the martial amps and so 50s and 60s were really the golden era of coming up with um kind of a um the mainstream of of rock music sound and mm-hmm. and so parallel to that the technology was all the time evolving. Yeah. And when we come to the late 70s and and especially early early 80s um the um the solid state technology had started to kind of kind of taking over the the mm-hmm. tube technology and and there was still also innovation happening sound-wise. Yeah, but but partly the 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 nostalgic boom already began then because because there became a need to emulate the best old sounds with the new technology. With the solid state technology you would want to emulate simulate what was done before with the tube technology but just with in a more mm-hmm. reliable format. Yeah. And yeah. so we come uh fast forward to to the modern age with the with the um, digitally modeled technology that is capable of mimicking in a in 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 an unbelievably uh high quality and and detail mm-hmm. those old sounds all over and all over again but it's very much uh nostalgia driven it's like mm-hmm. we have all these new technology, but ninety nine percent we're using it to simulate the old sounds that we love so very much. <laughs> you know, yeah. in, in a new way again, so that we mm-hmm. can be more easier to record the music at home with our computers, with whatever, whatnot, and and play live without dragging the heavy amplifiers and speaker cabinets, so we can just sure pull, yeah. pull in our little. Mm-hmm little device or what whatnot and 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 we have it all there and and so okay new technology again i don't know how many generations of new technology there's been since the since the late 70s that has sort of wanted to replace the old technology and replace and replace and replace but mm-hmm. kind of like in an increasing number where or, or in an increasing uh, percentage and amount we're just looking more and more backwards we're just looking you know, mm. we want to reproduce the old sounds in this hottest, newest technology <laughs> available, yeah. and that—that's—that's—that's uh, that's, that's the fascinating part to me about the Valbucker, because this is the opposite. If you think mm-hmm. of it, so we took a yeah. piece of ancient technology, old technology, and yeah. we. Unarguably, we were able to uh, 
come up with a in an innovation with an innovation with a product that brought, brings a new sound to the mm. world right a new sound yeah. that didn't exist with that old piece of technology mm-hmm. so this is the this is the rarest thing i remember david torn an avant-garde yeah. jazz player um, um mm-hmm. from new york when yeah, he yeah. when he played at the nam show in 2018 the the, the first um, when we released the Valbucker and he pl- played one of those first guitars mm-hmm. and and he said that he hasn't he hasn't experienced this in decades where he would pick up an instrument and it it has a sound that he hasn't heard and he hasn't experienced how it how it how it interacts and behaves in in his hands and people should know David Torn is a guy who takes guitars apart and puts custom electronics in there and like he's he's not just a guitarist who's heard a lot of guitars he's pushed the boundaries of of guitars yeah so um so so that's obviously i mean that's that's encouraging for us that someone like Mm -hmm. david torn loved it um but what what comes to (laughs) making a business out of something like that that's a whole another story so yeah where where are we now well we we uh, released or launched the valbucker in 2018 january and mm. since then we've been um our son nine year old came to the room and so we might have some interfering sound oh that doesn't matter yeah, yeah. it's a some, it's a family show family apart show. from all the yeah, cursing yeah. it's a family show yeah. <laughs> So um yeah since then we've been we've let it uh, sort of float in a way. Right. We have we haven't pushed it much. Um what we have done is that we've we've put those guitars to the hands of players that all well, all kinds of players and we have um gathered knowledge about what is it because for us also i mean i have to admit it and and uh, also proudly uh, state about the valbucker that when we got the first ones ready we didn't know what it is either and we didn't know who is it what is it and who you know who who wants it is is there is there a place in this world for something like that Yeah, we didn't yeah. know it, and we didn't know what music would it fit best for, or or even does that music exist yet that it fits best for? I mean, we we don't even know that much. Mm. Now we know mm-hmm. a little bit more, um, because we, on uh, a, a very organic, natural way, we have, um. We have built and sold about 40 guitars with the Valbucker in it up to this day. Mm-hmm. About 40 instruments. It's not a big number, but it's a number that for something fundamentally different. Somebody called it um, that. Who was that? I have a customer in, in, in the United States, Kingsley Durant. I think mm-hmm. it was him, um, a great player and guitar enthusiast, tone enthusiast, 
and I think he described it like that, you know, before we had Telecaster, Strat, and Les Paul, and now we have Telecaster, Strat, Les Paul, and Valbucker. <laughs> is is he okay? This is bold. I I I know it's it's and it's it's in a very small way. Maybe there are other archetypes. Must be other archetypes, but but mm-hmm. Val Valbucker guitar Val, Valbucker driven guitar could could be seen as an archetype in a very microscopic small way currently. But but there is potential with it because it. We're right now um, experimenting to bring it out with on, on bass guitars, right? Um, and we we are working on uh, on certain um, evolutionary design with it, and and it, it it's I think it's it's becoming a, um, a family of products over time for mm-hmm. us, and the difference, obviously, like your referral earlier to Gibson that they kind of ran to a wall with their robot tuners and, and certain mm-hmm. other uh, innovations, which has a lot to do with two things. One, that they are a legacy brand. And, and another mm-hmm. thing is that they need to make big numbers. They they need to produce a lot. And if they don't produce a lot, uh, I mean, for them, it's not enough if the robot tuner thing is a niche that, you know, 40 people buys over over a span exactly, of three yeah. years yeah it, it's not well, enough but yeah. for us it's it's not it's not gonna um you know valbucker can exist as this small part for us of our business for us it's quite a big part of our business because we're such a small company anyways but mm-hmm. but um we don't have such a uh pressing need of of producing them so and so many hundreds or thousands or whatever i mean if 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 10 people or 15 20 people buy it this year or mm-hmm. uh, and next year it, it's perfectly fine for us and and we're what i'm intrigued about and and um, sort of curious about is the that whenever a new player finds this guitar and mm-hmm. and whether one day we could hear um musically something revolutionary revolutionary with it yeah um going back to the the whole thing with um rock music revolution i think i used this uh, analogy in one of my one of my own podcasts some months ago about I was talking about Jimi Hendrix and and the way he when we when he he popped up to the scene with his solo career mm-hmm. um, obviously it was revolutionary and now people are a lot of people who are kind of worshipping the the phenomenon called Jimi Hendrix maybe as guitar players maybe just listening to it but but let's let's talk about the guitar players they you know you want to kind of emulate you want to simulate that sound you want to you know you, you want that 69 strat that he was playing and 
you want the same fuzz face and you want the same stuff that he was using but yeah. to make that sound but Jimi Hendrix was the opposite of that he didn't have he took the stuff the latest gear that was available at the day in 1969 he bought a 1969 Strat because there was no newer ones available <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know he always <laughs> used the latest gear latest amps latest effects and he went and misused the, all that gear in, in, in ways that yeah. the manufacturers could never imagine their wildest dreams that you could do, use it that way uh, and EVH so is an even next extreme in that kind of <laughs> yeah <life>. exactly <laughs> so so he was he was truly a pioneer in so many levels and a genius and and all that um and and that's where um i think it's easy to f- kind of fall short of you know thinking you know whether whether we're going to see one day the next Jimi Hendrix people are immediately thinking that oh there's many many new many next Jimi Hendrixes and they're starting to list all the people that sound like Jimi Hendrix which sure, is yeah, not play the a strat point. with a fuzz face yeah <laughs> which is not the point my point at all my point is that hey no where are the guys that are um, I mean, I, I I know there are those guys. They're, they're like we talked earlier. They're fragmented all over the place. Who are all the yeah. time pioneering? It's just that I know of some of them, but but none of them is mainstream and probably never will be. But um, but yeah. So this is what I'm I'm thinking with the Valbucker that that um, I'm seeing it as something that it is so fundamentally different and so powerful um, it has such a powerful potential uh, that you know I see it something as if I'm reflecting back on my whole career ever since the day I ever dreamed of becoming a guitar maker the Valbucker is the thing that I, I I feel that's the thing that when when I'm dead and gone that could be the thing that that leaves a little dent to the universe maybe just a little dent mm-hmm. that these guys came up with this thing and because I'm, I'm also I'm, you know looking at talking about um, legacy and heritage and, and, and nostalgia and mm-hmm. you can see from my guitars when you when you go to my website mm-hmm. you can see that my guitars are pretty uh, conservative right as, like as the, mo- shapes, the, the body shapes, yeah. the models, they are pretty. Um, um, there's you don't see the wildest uh, shapes and and most modern things and headless guitars and all that stuff. You don't see it on my uh, mm-hmm. and 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 it is because of me. It is because of me as a person, as a as a guitarist, as a guitar maker, as a. Um, I make kind of guitars that that um that speak to me and so you mm-hmm. can tell that this guy is probably pretty conservative in terms of aesthetic appeal yeah in that regard so i like a guitar shaped guitar rather yeah. than an um, ami- am- uh, amoeba shaped guitar <laughs> or, or, or something i don't know what it would be and nothing against any other i mean some i'm, I'm such a huge fan of some of the contemporary 
um, makers that are doing all that wild stuff and yeah, where yeah, yeah. i see that wow this this guy is such a such a wild or or um free spirit or you know coming up with something so so different that i could never and it's not envy it's it's just admiration of of something that that is very fascinating to me but at the same time um at least in the current uh, mental state and wherever I am and I've, I've been the past years I, I can't see myself making something like that I just don't have it in me so in mm. that way yeah I'm I'm pretty old fashioned in what comes to the aesthetics of the guitars but I've been pretty um, then kind of contradictory to that I've been pretty um, um, uh, losing the words here and this experimentation. Yeah, I've been experiment. Yeah, I'm. Ex- I've been. I've been very much experimenting with from early on with with tone wood materials that were not generally used in electric guitars back at the day, in mm-hmm. the '90s. Spanish cedar in electric guitar bodies and neck. It was just nobody was doing that. And Arctic yeah. birch tops that we're using and and the th- uh, thermal treatment, the thermal yeah. aging that has become a huge thing. Um, later, but we were one of the one of the first pioneers. It's a Finnish in, invention, the ther- thermal aging of of tone wood, and and so it's going to spread from Finland. Um, and so, yeah, I, there's that side, and and then, but but as said, as guitar designer, uh, aesthetically speaking, there's so much more to design than the aesthetics. The design is like inside out everything, but the aesthetic design yeah. is is pretty old fashioned appearing, and and so in that way, you know, for me the Valbacher is also it's kind of like sets sets a record. It's like for for, for my company, if mm-hmm. my company would be a band, and the guitar mm-hmm. guitars would be our music, then I would say that the Valbacher is the first absolutely original tune right that we have right. come up with it's not mm-hmm. yet a hit single <laughs> or, but i think i feel it has a potential to that and and mm-hmm. so we're, we're we're not giving up with it and and there's very much exciting stuff happening with it i can't even um disclose everything that we're working on but Mm-hmm. But the base, I can already say that we're so far that this is something that I can say that that twenty twenty one will be the year for us. It will be the year of of the Valbucker base. Awesome! I think that's that's actually a great thing to mention because you know the Valbucker is such a, such an interesting case study in you know the world of smaller builders and interacting with the guitar community as a whole. And hearing that you're putting it in bass is so good because I think one of the biggest misunderstandings of the valve bucker was was the intention of it. Um, you know, you said this dichotomy of like um, a lot of the time people use brand new technology to try and recreate an old sound and you're the opposite. You're using an old technology yeah. to try and develop a new sound. And something that I think about a lot is like, 
when are we going to use the new technology for new sound creation? Like, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, digital, yeah. we could do anything. And it's like, make it sound like a Marshall, make it sound like a Plexi. It's just they like, do that over and over again. Um, I think that's the big misunderstanding in the valve buck is people thought because there was a valve in it, the the idea was then you've always got that classic valve tone. Mm. Like I saw a lot of people kind of, actually not a lot, but I saw a couple of people kind of make that assumption. Yeah. And they, they weren't actually being negative. They were actually being kind of positive but they they kind of just grasp that uh without like hearing what you'd said about it you know they just they just seen a, a a video title or something and they were like oh i get it like so if i'm going and playing with all these different amps and stuff i've always got like my valve tone and it was interesting because it was like oh that's kind of the opposite of the point of yeah. the of the valve bucket and then you know they'd watch a video or something and they realize like oh okay no this is actually going in a new direction um so, so it's good to hear that with the bass that's going to kind of add to that idea of like no because you know traditionally you don't associate valve tone with the bass so it's this idea that it's about experimenting into new areas not... yeah and it's it's the idea for you know why why bass um this 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 was one of the kind of very early um realizations that we had because essentially what the valbucker I think a, 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 the best commonsensical referral to to the world of audio and and mm-hmm. um, sound sound uh, capturing sound mm. um, would be to compare studio technology and and electric guitar, where whereas like studio technology all the way back in the forties started to develop in the you know with studio technology there was the desire to capture sound in the in the best possible way in the most natural way yeah and so one yeah, of the yeah. break breakthroughs uh, in the 40s was the was the Neumann U47 tube microphone mm-hmm. uh, which which was revolutionary they they came up with the with a um uh a very sensitive uh, microphone capsule that was able to pick up the the smallest nuances of human voice or saxophone or whatever acoustic instrument you you would want to record with it um but the downside of that uh, sensitive capsule was that when when you make it so sensitive you couldn't it, it, the 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 signal it picked up was was really weak mm-hmm. and and to preserve all those nuances all that texture the the uh, well quote high high resolution unquote yeah uh, of of the sound you had to amplify it right there at the source before you lose any of it so you couldn't send that weak signal through a cable to a recording desk and mm-hmm. amplify it there because half of it was already gone so mm-hmm. you needed to ca- amplify it remember we're we're in the 1940s so no solid state technology existed the only way to amplify it was a tube and mm-hmm. so so uh, neumann came up with the, the idea of putting a little preamp inside the microphone so it came became the first uh, tube microphone mm-hmm. um, 
in the world and and it and it's still one of the uh one of those uh, um, technologies that has been copied and simulated and emulated in in, in endless mm-hmm. ways and 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 Neumann uh tube microphones are still widely used in recording studios because of the because mm-hmm. of the sort of natural pleasant tone that it's it captures and the and the valve in it seems to add some kind of magic to it that is very difficult to grasp what mm-hmm. it is i'm now speaking into a tube microphone I have a a, a, a a tube microphone. This is not a, a Neumann U forty seven. I wouldn't. I couldn't afford it. I have a an a Sontronics Aria tube microphone mm. made in the UK. Um, <laughs> to me, it's funny because even with this cheaper, it's it's still pretty good quality microphone. But the, just there's that something that when I'm putting this microphone on. And I'm doing my podcast, and I'm I'm doing a little test recording, and I'm listening to that recording. And every time I think that, oh, I didn't remember that I have such a pleasant voice, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> it's the microphone, I think. <laughs> it's not so there's something to it, some kind of magical, um, magical uh, magic powder to it. And mm-hmm. so, okay, studio technology went that way, and. Uh, Parallel to that, um, electric guitar never went that way. Electric guitar was, from the get-go, it was a lo-fi uh, instrument in a way that the, the the magnetic pickups were were developed and and the and the magnetic pickups uh, for very long time, for decades, they were passive pickups, all of them, and making passive pickups, you kind of you had to put there quite a quite a bit of winding and have strong magnets. So yeah. so when you're doing that you're actually uh, you you're, you're coloring the sound a lot. You're not capturing the sound as true as it could be at all. Your your uh, the, the the microphone becomes an elemental part of uh, what kind of sound you're capturing. Yeah. This was the big struggle of developing the early electric guitars because the players yeah. just wanted them to sound the same but be louder. Yeah. And how that kind of just wasn't working out. Yeah, so electric guitar became something else. And 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 all respect to that because that's the sound. I mean, I'm, this is not a critic. When I'm saying that electric guitar yeah. went yeah. lo-fi, I'm not like criticizing it because that no, would be that crazy. that became part of what that we love, crazy. really. Yeah, that, that's what we love. And that's the culture. That's the whole pop rock revolution, all that. That's the instrument, and um, and so, uh, but that became really like the the that became the tunnel of electric guitar. It, it went that way, and it has stayed has stayed that way all these years. Yeah. And even with the with the, I mean, the, the there would have been possibilities of making, and probably there's been attempts of making other types. Of uh, ways to amplify, like putting like a like a piezo, um, yeah, uh, bridge to to an electric guitar, and then you can yeah, capture yeah, yeah. another kind of yeah. So there's been all kinds of attempts to 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 capture different kind of a sound, and they have remained. Uh, they have maybe come and gone, or or maybe maybe the 
maybe the peso has sort of remained as a little niche thing in electric mm-hmm. guitars, but never has kind of uh, become any kind of an industrial standard or anything like that. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't seem what people are mostly looking for in an in electric guitar. So, so it's maybe maybe that's the thing or or whatever. But uh, thinking then, you know, introduction of of active pickups back in the day. Uh, nowadays, EMG would be the 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 brand controlling, hands down controlling the electric guitar active pickup market. Um, some others do it, but EMG is the biggest one. But what they are doing with the active pickups, they are they're. Um, it's again a totally different thing, absolutely different thing. I mean, you can see the Valbucker as an active pickup. It's not a. Mm-hmm. It's not an ampli. It's not a inbuilt amplifier in a guitar. It is an active pickup. But the mm-hmm. the way EMG active pickup is built, it's it's a different different idea with the emg you're kind of you're what you're doing is you're um creating familiar electric guitar sounds um in a little bit higher resolution with less noise mm-hmm. better uh, su- uh um signal to noise ratio and so it's a better signal but mm-hmm. but um and and often preferred in environments where you where you would uh, desire to uh, to uh, process the sound really heavily because mm-hmm. EMGs keep that sound together because it's fr- from the source it's a higher quality signal than from passive pickups mm-hmm. so it keeps together better through multiple layers of distortion and and all that yeah. stuff and string to string definition so you get you get a better signal but 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 still it hasn't been kind of conquered the world because it, it seems to have that uh, counter effect that you you lose some of that um grittiness and and muddiness and the magic the the <laughs> magic so 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 Terms sometimes um, referred to regarding EMG would be that it's for for a blues player or whatever, you know, that it's a sterile sounding pickup or yeah, you know, yeah. something is missing. Okay, yeah, so, yeah. So that's 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 where where EMG went with active pickups. So then, then then we go back to the the Valbucker and what is it? What is it fundamentally? Well. It is a Neumann U forty seven stuck inside a, an electric guitar in in a way. It's it's a it's a pickup uh, microphone, a pickup that um, that attempts to capture the signal as true as it possibly can. Can every nuance, all the texture, mm. higher resolution than any other pickup. Mm. Um, so what it does is that it it picks up from from very low frequencies, from below fifteen hertz to up to over twenty kilohertz. So it's like right. the whole right. hearing hearing uh, um, frequency range in a very mm-hmm. even in a very even spectrum, all the frequencies. 
it captures everything, like a Neumann U47, that sensitive capsule would capture. I see, right, that's, okay. That's what it is. And that's, um, and it's very unlike electric guitar sounding. Mm-hmm. Electric guitar doesn't sound like that because the passive pickups are in by by default by by construction they are yeah. uh, you could even even say that majority of the frequencies and not majority of well a lot of the frequencies are filtered out the, and others are accentuated because pick- that's what the players prefer that it's marketed yeah. to or whatever yeah <laughs> and 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 also you could say that um the amplifiers are designed for that all the signal, sure. all, everything is designed for that that purpose. Mm-hmm. So now you bring in something like the Valbucker that is not designed like that. So mm-hmm. it's it's very natural and and obvious that it, it kind of raises the question that uh, that can there ever be a place for that kind of a thing? Mm-hmm. Because nothing kind of would support it. In in you know it looked at from certain um, common perspective, but. So what we're doing, um, exactly the same way as I explained earlier about the Neumann U47. So we have a a very sensitive and very weak magnetic pickup mm-hmm. um, that captures it all. And if we would send that signal passive to your pedal board, whatever, you would lose a lot of that texture and that. So yeah. so we so to to have it all. We need to amplify it at the source. And so we went for the tube, mm-hmm. the, the valve amplification, because of that idea of maybe there's that magic. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not sterile now or something. You know, maybe there's something else. Mm-hmm. And and there comes also the difference that we did as compared to the Neumann U47. Neumann U47 has one tube in it. It amplifies mm-hmm. the sound, sends it through the cable to the recording mm-hmm. desk. So in case of Valbucker, we have two valves. And the first valve does the same as the U47 would do. It's a triode valve. and mm-hmm. uh, and But we have a second valve. And the, and the purpose of that is that we've been able to add an EQ circuit into the mix. So what, okay. we, what we can do is that we can further sculpt in a very flexible way the sound um, in the I- inside the Valbucker pickup okay. itself and this allows us so you have in the guitar a switch with with multiple sounds even though it is just one pickup sitting mm-hmm. in the sitting in where the typically would have the middle pickup of a guitar right which yeah, is yeah. another another uh, um, aesthetic um, point of confusion for players. Uh, it's something for us uh, to well, overcome well, there. Yeah. yeah, it looks different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no bridge pickup. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, <laughs> I can understand that. I, I can fully understand that. And um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we can we can sculpt it. We can do. So we have that rich texture of sound. So now we can decide that whether we want to have a sound of like. You know, the the cloud of sound. I think this was David Torn's um, term when he mm-hmm. played the guitar. He said that he he hears a cloud of sound. Right. 
with the, with that um, one switch position where we filter it very little. We only filter out some of the very lows and some of the very highs, and we do a little bit of tweaking so that the existing uh, equipment that mm-hmm. people typically would plug the thing in mm-hmm. that that they wouldn't go all all over the place. You know that wouldn't they, have they a understand. problem. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we're 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 uh, filtering it a little bit as little as possible so we get that rich the richest possible Valbucker natural sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a couple of more sounds where we have filtered. We kind of, we use, excuse ex, excuse me for the term, but we use, um, we call them, We the other two tones are, they're crappified, back to the normal electric guitar. <laughs> 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 it's a, um, well, I mean, I've, fundamentally that's what, that's what happens when you start filtering things away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so we're able to when we look at the 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 you know that how would a typical let's say 1959 Les Paul bridge humbucker sound? What is the uh, with the oscilloscope? You know, yeah. How does it mm-hmm. look like? Mm-hmm. What is there in that sound? What does the pickup filter out? Mm-hmm. And you get that uh, typical kind of a um, little wave on the top. Wave, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's that's the sound, which is not too far from a Telecaster bridge pickup, as mm-hmm. a as a. But certain differences, yeah. But but not too far, which is interesting. Um, I think, considering you know Jimmy Page recorded. Um, the solo for for Stairway to Heaven with Telecaster and not with with Les Paul. Yeah, yeah, and, for and, sure, and, and a lot of other stuff like, with Telecaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but anyways, um, so um, so we can look at that spectrum, and we can sculpt that type of a sound out of the Valbucker. Okay, it mm. still won't sound like a nineteen fifty nine bridge humbucker. Uh, because of the richer texture that the Valbucker, we can't filter, filter so much out mm-hmm. from it, or we don't have the skill for that, at least. And I don't know what would the point be. I mean, you know, I, I would pick up a, a Gibson Les Paul with that that humbucker if yeah, I want exactly. that sound. Yeah. So I, I don't. But but we wanted to do that so that people get that. You know that okay, I, I get these more familiar rock music sounds out of yeah. this guitar. Mm-hmm. With a with a Valbucker flavor to it, mm-hmm. still, and um, so okay. This was a very long scenic route to uh, to go back to the bass and the mm-hmm. idea why bass. Well, it is because of that wide frequency range and and that the fact right. that the 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 Valbucker circuit and the and the micro the the pickup capsule the element the magnetic. Uh, pickup element is capable of of um, picking up of capturing so nicely also the very very lowest yeah frequency yeah. so so for me one of those first questions was how about five string bass where mm-hmm. where the low b is typically the weakest link what mm-hmm. would the valbucker do to it and we've already done some experiment experimentation and i i can tell that it's it's 
it's it's awesomely great. It's really great, and I I can't wait for bringing it bringing the bass out, and getting it into the hands of, of of skillful bass players. That's fascinating. Kind of you can get on a low B, get that that focus without it getting overly boomy and and stuff like that. Like it's and and for the bass, maybe you're not allowed. Maybe this is too deep into the thought, but you know, if you were to have switching options on the bass, would they be more just different approaches rather than recreations you know so on the guitar you had like the 59 bridge but with the bass switching you could do you know a range of different possibilities to really have a focused tight sound and then to have a really a sound that really accentuates the the lows and that you don't usually get with standard bass pickups that would be quite interesting yeah it is um there are so many ways to go about with it Mm. um and with a git, well, let's let's put it this way: with a guitar, the first um, Valbucker prototype was a guitar called Captain Nemo, mm-hmm. and this was a guitar we um, we made back in 2014. It was a one-off concept guitar, um, a custom order to a very strange person who asked me a question that. Um, how how if the guitar, if electric guitar would have been invented in 1895 how would it have been and i'm i'm like what and <laughs> and he's he's just you know pushing that um yeah because and then he explained to me that because technically it could have been the technology mm-hmm. was there so why wasn't it and mm-hmm. so I, and and this 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 uh, you can if you put to google rokanga's captain nemo you will find mm-hmm information about this guitar so i made him so he ordered he told me um to build him that guitar build me Mm -hmm. the guitar the first electric guitar in the world built in 1895 (laughs) so i jumped into my time machine and (laughs) the rest is history no well well i started looking into the history and and so the idea for valbucker really came from this question okay what you know Mm -hmm the first electric guitar in the world what could it have been and i you know studying history i found that um that um the magnetic pickup i mean fundamentally it's it's a telephone it's it's the same technology as a as a vintage um landline telephone mm-hmm. uh, you have a coil and a magnet and uh, yeah that's what it is mm-hmm. and um and at the turn of the century, the late nineteenth century, early twentieth century, the um, the first, as, as far as I could find from the history, the first application for vacuum tubes was to make long distance calls. Mm-hmm. So you could amplify okay. the signal of the telephone to make long distance calls, and this is where the idea for Valbucker came. So that when I read about that, the valves were used first for long distance calls, and I, I was thinking, wait a minute, magnetic pickup valves, mm-hmm. active pickup. Has anybody done an active pickup with valves? And I went through all kinds of patent uh, mm-hmm. statistics and and archives and whatnot, and I could not find a peep, nothing. Of such mm-hmm. an invention, and so, so this, 
the Captain Nemo. Okay, um, again, like um, taking the very long way of explaining something <laughs> that you asked, but or kind of commented. Well, the the Captain Nemo control layout is very unlike mm-hmm. electric guitar. Like it, it's we had already the 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 basic design of Valbacher is there with two tunes. Mm. So the first one amplifies okay. the the magnetic pickup sound, and the second mm-hmm. one uh, we can we can uh, use to sculpt the tone with yeah. to equalize it. And um, well, this was a monster guitar. It had too much power. You could break amplifiers with it. It was like out of control. Okay. It could have been out of control. It was it was Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein guitar. But and the control layout was volume, treble, mid, bass. Okay. So kind of the mindset was kind of somehow still in the thinking that it's an inbuilt amplifier. Right, I see. Okay, you know? I can see where you are, yeah. So it had that, and um, I think even the... I think the first... Yeah, the Captain Nemo... Um, the the layout for the EQ was uh, nicked from, from one of the old Fender amplifiers, I think. Okay. So we just went with something, and um, but the but from wherever from from my intuition came the idea that we need to make the uh, the the pickup element, the magnetic pickup. We need to make it like unlike any other one. Like that it's really weak, mm. so that we kind of don't overdo things, and that was, that came from somewhere for that first so it's already there the idea so even though the amplifying the the eq and everything was like all over the place but plugging in that first guitar that same um potential or Mm. magic that i'm hearing in the valbucker and people are noticing in it and also feeling Mm. confused about and frightened about because it is, it's it's a frightening pickup also for many players because it's it has such wider dynamics than any other. Playing quietly, picking a little bit and picking harder, mm-hmm. it has a bigger effect to the sound than normal guitars. So it is, it is in that way, reminiscent of acoustic instruments in some ways. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, behaves differently and so this this whether you call it magic or or unusual uh, character of sound it was already there in the captain nemo and that was that was when the idea came that hey we have to explore this further that this is not just a one-off concept instrument for this guy Mm -hmm. this is something we need to look into more and so Mm -hmm. that started in 2014 the research and development that then was brought out in 2018 right and uh, so again back to the Captain Nemo we had treble we had mid we had bass and mm-hmm. so after the R&D became for kind of um, harnessing that beast into a product that people would understand and is mm-hmm. manageable and it's safe and <laughs> everything <laughs> um one of my early ideas was that we need to change the control layout so that it's familiar for guitar players meaning that we can't have uh 
we can't have bass and mid and treble part. Mm-hmm. We need to have something else. We need to um, think it out better. And so we mm-hmm. came up with the idea of having a three-way switch, volume and tone. Right. And so that's the that's the basic configuration in the in in all the valve guitars we built. And in addition mm-hmm. to that, we have a six decibel boost switch. Okay. In built in every valve guitar. Because we can. I mean, we can do that kind of things that you couldn't normally do, but it's very handy because you can just mm-hmm. boost the signal six decibels. And depending on the settings of your pedals, your amplifier, mm-hmm. that boost can act as a clean boost, just boosting the volume, the the decibels. Mm-hmm. Or if you're already like heavily in the overdriven territory, mm-hmm. then you're going to increase increase the gain rather than the rather than the decibels right like it mm-hmm. would work in in um in boost in with boost pedals and yeah so on but um so this this is what we did with the guitar but now as when when we came to the bass our first idea was to to kind of try to figure out a way how to um uh, how to uh um how to fit the guitar thing that we did to the bass. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so and and but soon we started feeling that ah this is so limiting. It's so limiting that to do it because the bass frequencies, the bass amps and the whole idea of the bass is so different. Mm-hmm. So after doing a few versions like that where we had also like these uh predetermined sculpted sounds for people. Mm we kind of went back to the idea of of bringing in the idea of eq mm-hmm. it's not in a in a totally conventional way of eq it does kind of more things we had to have some really um. special pots like multiple layer pots made and so so the pots are acting uh, a little bit unusually and i'm not going to go into very deep in detail into that sure now because one, no, once no. we release it we can do that but so we went yeah. back into that idea of having more flexibility because a, ba- a bass player would be, in my experience, more accustomed to uh, a user interface where you're not limited to a three-way switch, but Absolutely. rather you have these pots and you're not switching your sounds that now you, now I'm going to uh, this. That's what I was thinking. Like the way you change the guitar from the kind of amp-like EQ was something that really fitted naturally with what the guitarist is doing, but lets them access the new sounds. Sounds like it's a similar process with the bass and bass. It's they're used to playing with those frequencies on the fly on the bass. Yeah. So, and, and now we have, um, um, a user interface built like dedicated for the bass that is absolutely totally different from the guitar Valbucker, mm-hmm. which is also fascinating that it's kind of, becoming its own animal already and not right. uh, not a direct adaptation of what we already so we kind of re- need to reinvent ourselves with mm-hmm. this and so it's 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 really it's our pet project and we I have a really wonderful team working on it I have to thank Lassi Ukkonen our, our designer mm-hmm. um, co-designer of the circuit and and uh, Jorma Kostamo who is who's the father of one of my luthiers 
working mm-hmm. for me and and their input has been just absolutely invaluable as as Jurki Kostamus also who is who is the son of the father I just <laughs> mentioned <laughs> who is working here and he's our electronics guy anyways i mean he 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 knows the most about uh, complex uh, wirings and uh, whenever w- the others the rest of us are like scratching our heads with some weird <laughs> wiring we go um you know, knock on your yeah. shoulder, you know, that oh, can you help me out? I'm just, I don't get it. <laughs> so he, yeah. So I have a really invaluable team working on this with me and, and um, yeah, very excited and, and looking forward to the future developments. I'd, business wise, it's, it's impossible to say anything, but, but every now and then we find a player who, 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 genuinely feels that this is something he's been looking for all right. his life right. and 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 that mm-hmm. this is something he's been hearing but hasn't in his mind but hasn't found anywhere and now mm. it's here you yeah know? so there is that kind of a, an element for for certain types of players that that aren't afraid you know that have their antennas up and who really are looking for n- new ways of pioneering and Mm-hmm. Um, getting inspired in a new way. It's yeah. it's 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 really like if you think of the the human nature. Mm-hmm. Few of us are pioneers. Most of us follow, mm-hmm. you know, the the main streams of people. Mm-hmm. They, we we follow something that the pioneers came up with, and mm-hmm. and it's the same with the with the Valpacker. Who is what is the uh, or who who is the Valbacher for? I think it's for for those who want to lead. Mm-hmm. I th- I think that's that's an exciting way to put it. All right, so that was part two of my interview with you are Rukangas from Rukangas Guitars. A massive thank you to him for taking the time to join me on the podcast and give us a real deep insight into his work and particularly in this part of the interview uh, concerning the valve bucker and really a whole bunch of other stuff as well. We pick off exactly where that left off in tomorrow's episode. Uh, we kind of go off from that idea of what we get from talking about the valve bucker on to talking about you know how does that relate to being a small builder in the world today that kind of creativity that kind of experimentation and kind of really go off on a whole bunch of other subjects from that including wider things on the music industry on being an artisan for your living on being a craftsperson and it's really fascinating to hear that from someone who's been in the business as long as you haven't done as much as you has done so really really cool it's the third and final part in tomorrow's episode i seriously recommend that you check it out there's a, there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff from from you are in there so definitely worth coming back for but today that's it and uh yeah Just make sure you play a bunch of guitar, look after yourselves, look after one another. I'll catch you again tomorrow.